My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the director of Faith Formation here at St. Paul's Cathedral in San Diego. Maya, Maya, you go next. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was checking out. <laughs> oh, oh, fact. <laughs> fun fact. Maya goes second. Jackie goes third. That's not fun. Okay. It's a fact. Always. It doesn't mean it's fun. It's not sad. I'm, no. Okay. <laughs> Uh, do I say hi? Oh, no. <laughs> this is the same thing that happened last week. You say and. And. And what? Oh, my name. Okay. <laughs> oh, pull together, little Sonia. Okay. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the director of Faith Formation here at St. Paul's Cathedral in San Diego. And I'm Maya Little Sonia, and I'm the youth minister. And I'm Jackie Pippin, and I'm the digital resource curator. And it was just Thanksgiving. And, uh, well, for us, it has not yet been Thanksgiving because we're recording this uh, on the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. I've yet to give thanks. But we are hopeful that we will have good Thanksgivings, and uh, we hope that you did also. Um, But this is an exciting week for another reason, because we are in the final lectionary gospel week of year B. Bye-bye, B. Bye-bye, B. It's lectionary New Year's Eve. And what? December 2nd is the first week of gospel, of gospel lectionary year C. So, very exciting. New year, new C. Um, but before we get into the gospel, we are going to have a special Thanksgiving-themed fun fact segment. Combining, as always, our two favorite fun fact segments. Fun facts about Japan, where Jackie lives, which used to be a fun fact segment we did. And fun facts about George Tremaine, who is my four-month-old son, who we did some fun facts about when he was born over the summer. But we don't want to choose between one fun fact segment and the other, so we just smash them together to create one super fun fun fact segment called George Pan Venn Diagram, where we find similarities between fun facts about Japan and fun facts about George. So, Maya has the Thanksgiving fun fact for today. So, Japan also celebrates Thanksgiving. What? Right? It's the day after. So, while we are over here, you know, thriving on a capitalist made-up holiday of Black Friday, (laughs) they're celebrating labor and production. Oh, wait. I mean, well, technically, with the time change... They're celebrating their Thanksgiving the same time oh, as some Americans so are celebrating oh, their true. Thanksgiving. True. Good point. Thank you, Jackie. But when they have the doorbusters for Black Friday on midnight. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I keep bringing yeah. up Black Friday, but it's the day of. It's right. November 23rd in Japan. Right. So, like, dinner, like, if at 6 o'clock here, it'll be, like, 10 o'clock yeah. in Japan on Friday. Yeah. That's They'll be just getting ready. Labor Thanksgiving Day. So it started out as a harvest festival and to give thanks for the harvest. Sound familiar? But um, then after World War II, they commemorated it and dedicated it to national labor and production and giving one another thanks. And it's usually celebrated the same way, not with like turkey and 
mashed potatoes, but like family coming together, sharing a meal, and giving thanks. That's so nice. So, um, this week on what is our Thursday, Japan will be celebrating Labor Thanksgiving Day. And, interestingly, Uh also on this Thursday, Pacific Time, George will be celebrating his first Thanksgiving. So George will be celebrating Thanksgiving at the same time that Japan is celebrating. And he won't be eating turkey either. Labor Thanksgiving. And they he don't eat also oh my gosh. will not be eating turkey. Wow. 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 So the the judges, before I even finish saying mine, they gave three thumbs up because they love this <laughs> so much. They are huge fans. <laughs> Plot twist. Well, these one judge gave they're just up. hoping that they can get thumb. towards their food sooner. Yeah, 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 yeah. They just want to get home. You know, it's late in the day. It's a holiday week. So thank they're you, ready judges. For their are, they've already left. They're gone. But uh, that's another win for the George Pan Van Diagram. Everyone listening at home gets seven copper coins. Yep, check under your seats. They're taped under there. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. This is a participation trophy society. now, after that thrilling fun fact segment, we are going to move on to the gospel. So, like every week, the Faith to Go resources, which you can find on www.myfaithtogo.org are all based on the gospel. Those are resources Jackie curates every week, and we uh, post to the website and send out an email for you to use with your family for three different age groups of children uh, or with your friends throughout the week to have some faith discussions. Um, So the gospel for this week is John... 18, 33 to 37, and we are jumping into the Gospel of John because this last week before the new lectionary year is always called Christ the King Sunday. It's It's the Feast of Christ the King, and so there's always a reading that has something to do with, uh, some um, part of it has to do with Jesus being king, or some kind of kingship discussion in, in the Gospels. So, Jackie's going to read the gospel, and then we are each going to highlight one point from the gospel that we hope you keep in mind as you have those faith discussions throughout the week. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. So we are, this is is kind of like lectionary whiplash, because um, we've just been kind of plodding through Mark uh, up to Jerusalem, and in this last, these last months, and now we go like jumping straight to this reading that might be from um, Palm Sunday. Uh, so we're like just jumping all over the place. But the whole point is that this, in this passage, uh, Jesus and Pilate are having this discussion about being a king. And so on Christ the King Sunday, we're using this lectionary reading to highlight 
that during this feast day. Um, so just some a little bit of uh, context. Like we just said, this is kind of like the Palm Sunday narrative. So Jesus has been taken by um, the high priests and the followers of the high priests to Pilate, and they've asked Pilate to... Um, to torture him and to kill him, they're saying that he is claiming to be the king of the Jews. And the reason that that is an issue is that uh, Pilate is representative of a Roman government that is ruling over this area of Jerusalem and this whole area of, of Israel in the Middle East. And so anyone that's claiming to be uh, a king is in direct conflict with the emperor of Rome and therefore with Pilate. Uh, and not only that, but they're there was always this idea that the Messiah uh, would be this king of the Jews that would kind of rise up and lead a rebellion and overthrow the oppressing power of you know whoever it is that is that is um, reigning over this region of the world. Uh, so it's all about land. It's all about Jerusalem. It's all about this this promised land of Israel. And there's this idea that you know if someone is going to be the Messiah, they are going to be this king that takes over in that line of David and like leads everybody to salvation in this very specific way. And so this is what this conversation is about, is um, Pilate saying, you know, we have some issues here if you're saying that you're, if you're claiming some sort of kingship uh, amongst, in this kingdom that is, that is uh, ruled by Rome. So those are kind of some of the dynamics that are playing out here. And I think Jackie has the first point to highlight. Uh, Mine is about comparing Pilate and Jesus as leaders. Hmm. Um, You know, in our world and in our day-to-day, we see people lead differently. And there are different leadership styles that can both be effective. And I'm I'm not sure that's what we're going to see here today (laughs) in looking at Pilate's leadership (laughs) style, but it is important to note that there are many different leadership styles. Um, and in a, in a lot of ways, Pilate does have a lot of authority and that originates from Caesar, but because of that, it's very tenuous. Like there are a lot of politics at plays. There are a lot of issues that can cause you to be overthrown if you're not following those above you. It's definitely a hierarchical system. Whereas we see Jesus's authority originates from the will of God and is eternal and thus Jesus is always going to do what he thinks is right. And that power is something that can last no matter, no matter what the people around him think and no matter what Jesus does because he is working towards that will of God in his life. Mm-hmm. Um, and both Pilate and Jesus have loyal followers. Um, but Pilate's followers imitate him by using violence to conquer, to divide people, to take over people. Whereas Jesus's followers are attempting to change the tide and put away that sword and that desire to cause conflict. Uh, and, and that, I think, is something that makes Jesus more of a threat because Pilate doesn't know how to, how to go against that. Right. How to play his game. Um, how to play that game because Pilate rules with terror. He rules by instilling fear in people. Uh, even in the midst of calm, he causes terror. And yet Jesus brings peace in the midst of terror. And that power, that true power is something that will always be 
terrifying to pilot and to leaders that use fear as their strength. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, because even pilot, <clears throat> pilot is himself ruled, ruled by that same fear because, like, pilot is part of pilot is part of this big Roman hierarchy, and right. pretty much the way that you survive in pilot's position and keep the power that you have is to never let anything get and never never let anything get out of hand enough in your little region that it gets to the ear of the emperor. Mm-hmm. So all you're doing all the time is just squashing down uh, rebellions and squash and like dealing with situations and putting out fires and controlling people so that you can keep your position because he has just as much threat of you know retaliation and death and removal from his position um, by the authorities that are over him as the people who are under his authority. And so right. he is he is also operating out of this place of real fear and need to control and need to be in control of everything for mm-hmm. him to be able to control his own destiny and his own life and doing that through fear and being controlled by fear. And what we always see of Jesus is that kind of radical turning upside down of what it means to have power, which is like to be powerless. Right. And what it means to have followers is to like, is to like invite people on to walk with you and not force them, you know, to go in a certain direction. So it's like so invitational and not top down. And this whole interaction is that those two dynamics at play is like, which that kind of gets into what is into my point, because we have this difference here of like Jesus's invitation to like holding mystery and the uncertainty of God and the kingdom of God and of who he is, and Pilate's top-down need to like label and diagnose and squash and understand and be certain of things. So even the way that they talk about truth is like Pilate has this top-down authoritarian way of saying, there is but one truth, and, and it is controllable. Like I dictate what the truth is by power and force. And... And so he keeps asking Jesus, like, he keeps asking Jesus these questions, and Jesus keeps giving these answers that are kind of like non sequiturs, but it's not because he doesn't want to answer the question. It's that, like, if he could answer these questions, he would have done it in the Gospels already to the people he was teaching. But, like, the truth of the kingdom of God, the truth of who Jesus is, the truth of who God is, is not something that you can dictate. It's only something that you can hear by bearing witness to other people's testimonies of their truth and that you can you can add to by bearing witness to your truth which is actually what he exactly what he says here is like you're talking about like kingship you're talking about rule but i'm telling you that what in the kingdom of god what ruling is is like invitation and being equal and not having power dynamics and so what I have come to do is not to be a king like you're talking about, but what I'm, the way I'm being a king is testifying to truth. It is like sharing what I know to be true of God and being in relationship with other people, in community with other people who are sharing with me their truth. And so Pilate doesn't, like, this is not the paradigm of reality in which Pilate operates. Pilate, like, gets answers. Pilate kills people who don't get ans- give him answers. Pilate 
knows that things are black and white. There are the good people and the bad people. There are the people that I have to destroy and the people that I have to keep safe. You know, and Jesus, and so his response is, well, what is truth? Like to Pilate, <clears throat> to Pilate there, if you're, if you're not going to, if you're talking about truth in this way, then it, it's might not even, it might as well not even exist. And so the way Pilate talks, responds is like, well, you're just saying truth is like relative. But what Jesus is saying is that truth can only be known in relationship with one another. And so that's what the kingdom of God is. And that's, if you're going to call me a king, you're calling everybody a king because there's this like infinite equality in the kingdom of God in that the truth, everyone's truth is equal and we only can get a sense of the truth by hearing and being heard. And so he says the people who, who are of the truth, who, who like are, exist in the truth, hear my voice. Like that's what it is, is to like be able to recognize Jesus recognize this unfolding journey in another person and be able to share it in our own lives as well. So that somewhat leads into my point about talking about the different ways in which Pilate and Jesus function as kings. Kind of ties in more into Jackie's point, but that is neither here nor there, about how they function as kings in that situation. So um, I'm not particularly well versed in the way that, you know, Roman government worked um, about, you know, how one would become a Pontius Pilate. Um, I can imagine, though, that he wasn't born as like a peasant. I imagine he was born into maybe a family of a general or some sort of Roman official, and it was expected of him to be. He was raised to be either like a leader or a government official or some educated person. And so that was his inheritance from the time he was born. And that's just in his name. But I think Jesus is talking about, like, this is the reason I was born is to testify the truth. And I think that is all of our inheritances is like, that is what we can claim as well. It's not this sort of bloodline lineage hierarchy that Pilate was born into that was just made up however long ago. But rather, it's what we are born into naturally is we get this inheritance of, not just this inheritance, but this obligation, this um, duty. Uh, just as Pilate was bestowed, like, a duty that came with how and where and to whom he was born, um, it's the same with us, that we are obligated in a way to tell the truth but not just like the truth like don't tell lies but to speak the god's truth which is the truth of love and kindness and compassion and justice and it also makes us think about well if this is what what i am saying is valid then Pilate himself would also be entitled to this inheritance or obligated and tied to this inheritance of truth that I have described. But get it? No. Okay. Well, and that's, and, that, and, that's, and that's valid, but it's also then that makes us think about how is maybe the circumstances in which we were born either conflict or encourage us to testify to the truth. And the people we were born to, the situation, and what is expected of us by our families and by society, and how that either conflicts or adds to what we're really called to do. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's like the more you inherit, it's like the more pr- you, more privilege you inherit, the the harder it actually, like the the easier it is to to not be to not engage with the truth. Right, just like to take what you've of, been given. Like right. the truth of suffering, like like Pilate's inheritance was. If Pilate's inheritance was power, then we see here that that power has made it harder for him to actually get to to actually hear and tell the truth because he feels like he can, because he can control things the way he wants to control them. And he has, he's living in this illusion that he can make the truth what it is and he can make people do and make the world into what he wants it to be. And Jesus is saying, actually like the truth is that we are all just, the only thing we can do is let be what is Mm -hmm. and to be together in that. Whatever that may be. Right. And there's know? Jesus doing that power dynamic flip, his signature move, <laughs> where he, um, it's basically your inherited privilege is your inherited hindrance. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's awesome. And so that makes us think about, I think, the privilege that, you know, I have as like a white fem- middle class, upper middle class female in America or... In, in 2018 and, and things like that, able-bodied, and it's like, how would that privilege somehow put on a blinder to me really experiencing everyone's truth? Because mm-hmm. my truth is not everyone's reality, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and right. vice versa. Right. All right. So there's three points uh, for you to take into your uh, Faith to Go discussions this week. So number one was about the different ways of being a leader. One by power and control and one by invitation. Um, The second one was mine about the importance of being in relationship and sharing truth as being kind of the foundation of the kingdom of God to which Jesus is inviting us. And the third one was Maya's about the inheritance of that, uh, that inheritance of um, being um, invited into and really obligated to tell the truth and not just the truth of facts, but our truth of God and what has been true in our lives and our experience of God and of Jesus. So having heard that discussion and those three points highlighted, Jackie is going to read the gospel one more time and see if you hear anything new this time through. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, So are you a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Okay. That's our episode for this week. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Make sure you go check out those faith to go resources at www.myfaith2go.org, where you can also sign up and subscribe to get our weekly email sent right to your inbox every Sunday morning. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at faith2go. 
uh, uh, rate and review this podcast to help other people find it. And check us out on the podcast page of Episcopal Cafe, a website where you can find Episcopal news from around the country. Uh, we will be back next week for the first week of year C. But until then, say goodbye. Bye, everyone. Bye.